All right, we are live for the Friday edition of the Mike and Mario Show. We're back, back and excited to be back for another week uh, to talk about prior events as well as looking ahead, trying to navigate these choppy waters. Uh, but before we do that, Mario, how you doing, my friend? Yeah, I'm doing fine, and uh, yes, looking forward to the weekend. And uh, mm -hmm. it was a been quite an eventful uh, week, I guess, geopolitically, economically. Yeah. Yeah, never a dull moment <laughs> in this uh, restructuring, mon uh, global monetary restructuring is what I like to call it. Um, but uh, today we had some interesting figures come out and we'll go over those as well as talk about outside of what we're being told. Central banks are still getting getting their weight up uh, in, a, in a very alarming uh, rate. So that lets us know that they're also preparing for some changes as well. But I hope everyone is doing well. As always, definitely feel free to throw out thoughts, ideas, suggestions in the chat. And then we will address them as we move throughout the show. And uh, so let's just jump on, I guess, the prime area. I got a little chart up here. I'll put it up here on the screen. But here we have uh, the non-farm payrolls that came out today. And just looking at this visual aid here, something just doesn't seem right, given all the current downward trajectory of all the global indicators. But for some reason, there's a, a 528 uh, jobs that were, I guess, added within the month of June. So what are your thoughts on this? Where did this come from? Is this more of the uh, illusionary statistics they left selling the world or what? <laughs> yeah, 528,000, of course. Uh, there's a few factors. One is the birth death model. Mm -hmm. uh, and they they add they added for this month 309,000 uh, just because of uh, the birth. I'm not really sure what that is, but... It's like they, they think there's a lot of people being born. So there's more. it's just crazy. And the other thing I would say about non-farm payroll is, mm -hmm. is that it's a household survey. So they go around calling maybe a, a few hundred uh, people in each state or yeah. businesses. And they, they do a survey of how they're hiring and mm -hmm. they extrapolate that for the whole country. That's yeah. how they come up with this number. But the other thing I would say, and I'm going to share something here yeah. from uh, Rafi Faber. And, and I really recommend uh, people look at uh, his uh, newsletter. It's on Seeking Alpha. It's the uh, end game investor. Mm -hmm. Let me just uh, get it ready here. And he talks, he kind of explains why this is happening. Uh, so let's go here. So there you go. So I'll show you here the end game investor. So I think it's about $250 uh, a year. And mm -hmm. he writes like almost every day. And uh, he's really good. Uh, I think, you know, I have him on, on my live streams on Sunday once in a while. But yeah. so he, let's see how he explains it. Uh, what the blowout jobs number means. So he says economics is just basic logic. So let's revert. To basic logic, return to Weimar, people are miserable, starving, but the unemployment rate is extremely low. Everyone's working for a dying currency, and in GDP terms, everything is booming and everyone's a billionaire. Whoopie-doo. <laughs> As for those who say GDP is adjusted in real terms, no, it's not. That's a lie. The adjustment is token. Those who say the high employment means we are not in a recession are also delusional. If everyone is working for five cents an hour as a slave and there's full employment and we're all starving, life sucks. <laughs> as for employment, labor is simply rented humans. If the price of rent 
real estate or labor is going up, you'll try to rent or employ what you can and lock in the rate for the year or however long you can, knowing you'll be saving money if you rent ASAP. So I, I'll stop at that. And uh, I would say it's partly because of this, what Rafi's talking about, yeah. and also partly uh, political because mm -hmm. they, they want to be able to come out and say, yes, we've had two consecutive quarters of negative GDP. We're probably going to have a third one, but we're not in a recession because everyone's working right. uh, and uh, they're earning, you know, their earnings is going up two, three, four, five percent, but you have inflation at 11 or 12. So right. everyone worse off right so adjusted for real so just adjusted for the real rate it's already negative so uh yeah so is, it, is this that continuous west or you know united states led narrative of trying to paint the picture as being somewhat not as bleak as the rest of the world where i mentioned how the uk it, it's everywhere i'm seeing all types of headlines talking about recession in this year and possible uh strikes and not paying bills in the uk and australia's so it's like only the, only the U.S. is still keeping that rosy picture of things are, you know, stable. And we all know that's a dang lie. But let me share with you some more uh, graphics here uh, just to let you know well beyond the obvious two consecutive uh, contracting GD, uh, quarters or whatever. But here we have more data. Let me grab this real quick here. So here we have we talk about wages, hourly earnings. So year over year, it's still trending downward. So. Despite what we're being sold, you know, people are not bringing home nowhere yeah. near enough to sustain themselves uh, to paint that rosy picture. And then here's another little uh, uh, graph as well. Here's that that you mentioned this before we went on air, but the uh, U.S. Treasury ten-year, two-year yield curve, and it's 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 as low as it has been going back to the year 2000, inversion-wise. So that's another little recessionary indicator. Oh, yeah, big time. And there was another one. Uh, nope, it wasn't. So, yeah. So those are just some things I thought I would bring up to give you a, a more more give people more of a realistic viewpoint of what's really happening in Main Street, regardless of what they're trying to feed us. But uh, we're here at that point, man. This is a very interesting time frame because uh, based upon the numbers given to us, I'm seeing more articles talking about how that sets the Federal Reserve up in a very favorable light to definitely do the three quarter three quarter point hike uh, next month. And so they're basically saying it's baked into the cake. It's like if they, if they might even do a, a whole point according to the way those numbers are so rosy. I saw one article talk about it. So, um, but that's just what they're trying to sell us, man. The thing is what, what that's going to do, I think uh, it's going to make things even worse. It's cost of living wise. Yeah. Because it's going to, I think we already see in the States uh, some high levels of, uh, like car debt, uh, mm -hmm. people are reneging on on car loans, right? Uh, and pretty soon we're going to see people uh, get in trouble with their mortgage payments. Uh -huh. Not just in the U.S. here in the U.K. as well. Yeah. I, I was reading uh, this afternoon that uh, already since the Bank of England's decision yesterday to mm -hmm. raise rates by fifty basis points, loads of mortgage lenders have uh, taken loads of deals off the table. Mm -hmm. So it's going to make the housing market uh, more subdued. Uh, the UK uh, economy is heavily dependent on real estate and yeah. construction. That's going to hurt it even more. And, and uh, the other thing that's happening here in the last few years, mm -hmm. especially since uh, the pandem pandemic, yeah. uh, 
uh, a lot of people like over 50, they've been uh, taking capital or equity out of their houses like an ATM, because uh, especially in the last year, because they can't afford to pay their bills. Right. And uh, they have an interest to pay on that every every year. And that's rising. So it's a huge, uh, huge problem. And that's why maybe the Bank of England is being honest about the fact that they actually say they expect a recession the next 18 months. They expect uh, the uh, unemployment rate to go from three, three to six percent. And and I think they're being actually uh, honest on that, but they're dishonest on other things because this guy there on the picture, the governor, Mm -hmm. Andrew Bailey, he he's blaming uh, everyone but the Bank of England and the government. Mm-hmm. I made a video this morning uh, about this. And the Bank of England, uh, since the beginning of the century, their balance sheet has gone from less than 5% of GDP to 50%. So basically, they've printed half the UK economy mm-hmm. in the last 20 years. Yeah, Is it any wonder that the currency has gone down the drain and we have high prices? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I, 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 that was, I think that was the whole premise of the central banking model is to be the crutch for governments. And of course, you know, the governments have expanded along the way. Government, employment and entitlements and all that other stuff has gone grown rampant to where people have been conditioned to expect the state or the government to come in and support them and be their primary caregivers. And when things go awry, which is what we're, we're yeah. witnessing now, because I, I saw also saw in the UK about the energy bill. They gave out four hundred dollars. But then I saw another article saying that that four hundred dollars basically funneled right into the energy energies uh energy companies pockets basically so it's 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 a subsidy for the energy companies on top of them already having all-time high in profits and things so yeah at the end of the day it's, it's more of a tax on the people because they gotta that next month they gotta come up uh, of their own pockets with what they may or may not have so it's just you know complete chaos out here man but this is what it is man but you know so i showed you the article here and then on the other side here in the u.s this is the type of stuff we see here Fed Buller sees uh, more interest rate hikes ahead and no U.S. recession. So completely different narratives, same economic conditions. You know, inflation is damn, it's in real terms, inflation globally is already double digits, flat out. But yet they're still giving us those fake numbers. I mean, uh, it's weird because uh, here on our side, mm-hmm. GDP is actually still I'm not sure it's uh, it might have gone negative the second quarter, but mm-hmm. it's actually running better than the, the U.S. It's yeah. actually positive. And we're uh, the Bank of England at least is admitting that there there will be a recession while in the U.S. is negative already first and second quarter. And this bozo uh, Bullard <laughs> has come out and say, say that there's, you know, gonna, they're going to raise rates and there's going to no, be no recession. But I think it's what Rafi said um we're in the middle of a dying currency and most people don't see the dollar as dying they see it as a strong currency which is really uh i would say it's really sad because the way to look at the dollar is what it buys it's buying less and less of everything that you need yes it might be buying a few more euro euro cents and more Mm -hmm. uh some more pence pounds but only because the the pound and the euro are collapsing a lot quicker than the dollar and uh yeah those people who uh, believe in the strong dollar Mm -hmm. i mean you need to think of uh in terms of what right and speaking of strong dollar i noticed that after the uh those numbers came out today 
uh, I was looking at because I occasionally just happen to drift over to see what market activity is like. And of course, the dollar index, uh, you know, is 106. It's, you know, in the green. And it's just amazing to see how the strength of the Federal Reserve system, a.k.a. the dollar, how much damage is causing all across the world to where it's forcing nations to flee from their own currencies in hopes of being able to get something relatively more stable, more sound. Because regardless as to what our viewpoints are on the dollar is, people are still running the dollar for savings because of their own currencies are being completely uh, destroyed. So it's it's being pumped, it's getting pumped up, propped up in a fake manner just because people think it's the best form of something to have that you can actually get hold of, especially Argentina and Chile. I'm reading down. Yeah, a lot of the, a lot of people in these emerging market countries they view the dollar as almost as good as gold, which we know it, it isn't. Right. But uh, they'll get uh, they'll get like a rude awakening eventually. Right. Well, I think very true. And then also, I also yesterday I did a little video talking about how um, this uh, I call it the currency crisis map. Basically, just showing that that the the more red spreads across this map here in reference to the inflation numbers that we're being given, even though we know they're they're they're, they're low low ball. But even so, like just I've been watching this chart for some time now, and this map is just getting redder and redder, signifying just the the, the fiat currency game <laughs> imploding. Because yeah. you know wherever it's dark red, it's already sixty four percent Argentina. We know Venezuela's yeah, more even the Netherlands. You know, which you think of a pretty frugal country, yeah, uh, and responsible. I, I think their CPI came out this week. It was eleven percent or something. If you click on the so I'm gonna go. Let me see one second here. Netherlands, Netherlands so 10.3. 10.3, yeah. I mean, uh, that's so crazy. These, look at these figures, man. This is just Europe in general, nine, nine, yeah. nine, ten. and we know these are lowball numbers. So mm -hmm. I think the uh, UK government, the Office of National for National Statistics, mm -hmm. from May this year, they've tweaked the CPI, so yeah. probably uh, makes a one percent difference. So uh, they're gonna find the they're gonna adjust. And their excuses, they're going to say, oh, we've adjusted to make it more, ref uh, to reflect more the rise in prices. You know, they yeah. all these, it's all like spin to basically hide the, the real uh, debasement of the currency. Right. And unfortunately, it's going to get worse. And uh, yeah, it, it's really sad that a lot of people don't realize this is happening. They, yeah. they, they believe what they've been told, that it's, be it's temporary because of uh, the war in Ukraine and COVID and that everything is going to be okay. Even the Bank of England, they're saying uh, CPI is going up to 13% maybe by the mm -hmm. end of the year. But in two years' time, they magically see CPI back to 2%. Yeah. How? <laughs> I, I mean, saw that article, man. Yeah, uh, I think like it, it's just amazing how – and they say within – I think it, was, it said within 15 months. Within 15 months, things will be bad. I'm like, I'm like, how do you come up with those figures in your in your mind? It's uh, so called uh, wishful thinking. Right. It's, it's, yeah. So I'm just thinking like the the at what point do you think or within the next year or two, will we see, will we see an event that will prevent this of some capacity or will every pretty much country on this map be – blazing red I of course i think the U, i think the u.s will be the last one because it's a reserve currency but will, a, will an event occur before all this to where we are you know introduced to something entirely new i.e that alternative currency from our east or or what are you thinking what what's some scenarios possibly well all these countries governments and politicians all they know is how to inflate mm -hmm. and uh, we've gone so far already 
creating this debt um, debt bubble. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's going to get redder and redder. And, and the uh, the other reason why I think it's going to get redder and redder is that uh, a lot of people don't understand inflation, and, and they think like the Bank of England that just because they wish wish it to that it will go back to mm -hmm. below two percent. But uh, I, I think it's going to change people's psychology when they see. Uh, prices of food, energy going up every month. They're gonna start. They're gonna start buying more <laughs> because yeah. they're, they're gonna say, "Oh, this is gonna go up in two months, three months time." So let me buy more, and that's gonna shrink even more the the supply. And and the same thing will happen maybe to uh, the labor market, like Rafi said, uh, because it, it's so cheap to hire. You know slaves as he calls it that yeah. uh, employers are going to hire as well now instead of waiting uh, until the slaves ask for higher wages and i'm not trying to be you know this That's is a joke here of course i'm not like so that and, and he said and i agree with him eventually when everything implodes then there will be 60 70 percent unemployment it will be total mm. dev devastation yeah and uh, I noticed in the chat, someone mentioned uh, the probably the safest place to be. <laughs> and they put Greenland. Greenland. <laughs> yeah. And so look on there. I try to find any type of stats from Greenland itself and nothing is popping up really. So. It, it, there's some small towns there. It's pretty cold, though, most of the time. Yeah. I know along the edges, there's smaller towns. I, I think I, Trump uh, may put a bid on for Greenland, didn't he? he to from, <laughs> yeah. to buy it from Denmark and they said no. Um, so yeah, that, I thought that's funny. But as of right now, I did find something, but I don't know if it's up to date, but let me zoom <laughs> out. Uh, but it just says here, this, this is this is outdated stats. It says 2020, but as we can see, there's not much <laughs> not much uh, commerce going in and out. Of them. Very, so very small, very small economy. I mean, uh, they probably depend a lot on the Danish government. They yeah. probably send them a lot of uh, uh, aid, I would say. Yeah. They do. They do. All right, let's keep moving right along. What about, uh, what about uh, Antarctica, Mike? That that uh, seems like an interesting place. Nah, that's off limits. So the, the, to, uh, to, uh, to my knowledge, there's only uh, <laughs> military operations there and whoever else, private entities, but no Admiral, Admiral Byrd went there and he said there's there's a continent there as big as the United States. Yeah. Uh, well, that's the, will we ever find out in his life? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> we will never find out, but I'm sure that's, I'm sure there's no concerns of inflation down there for whatever that's worth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, let's get to some other topics. So let's uh, we got to definitely touch on the geopolitical side of things. So this came out earlier, uh, based upon Pelosi being you know very persistent of visiting Taiwan for less than twenty four hours, and the results of that is that you know China's ramping up activity, you know, and you know passing some sanctions and things like that. But this came out today: China's sixty eight planes and thirteen warships crossed Taiwan's median line days after Pelosi's visit. So is this that next event pop, perhaps, or what's what what's is this just jawboning or what? What do you think? What will is this worth paying attention to? I think so, even though um, I think a lot of it is to try to uh, keep people scared mm -hmm. and keep people uh, from looking at the real problem, which is the uh, currency collapse. Yeah. But I, I think they're trying to uh, build it up into the next uh, Ukraine crisis, 
where the West and NATO are totally against Russia. Yeah. Now they're trying to do the same thing with China, I think. And uh, it's going to make things uh, it could it could look it could make uh, the, you know, the crisis that we've had. Mm-hmm. which they're blaming a lot of things on uh, because of the Ukraine, even bigger with China, because China is the, uh, they're the, uh, the supermarket for the world. They, they produce right. a lot of things. Right. Uh, yeah. I look at it as uh, the U S continue to provoke and to instigate conflict the way that, you know, we're always entangled in. A yeah, may, maybe, maybe it helps China too, because uh, I guess this year, I think it's uh, an anniversary I think is it the 70th anniversary of the Communist Party, and they have a some kind of big uh, conference, mm-hmm. and I think Xi Jinping is supposed to get reelected, and uh, the economy is doing well in in China. You've got the real estate right. collapse, so they they need a, a an enemy as well to point to to rally the, the domestic uh, crowd. Correct. So it probably helps both countries that they're in this thing. And it helps the military sector, industrial complex as well. Right, because everybody's ramping up for some type of war. So everybody's spending more on their defense, defense budgets now. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, here's especially, when, especially when the private economy is down in the dumps, when we have so much debt and inflation. Uh, the yeah. last resort is like uh, for the uh, government to take over and uh, create the, this crisis so that we can spend and borrow even more on the back of the taxpayer. That'll be a yeah. way of stimulating naturally because it'll be needed. Need 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 um, um, here's a little added article here. I'm getting some back feed on my side. What am I, am I doing something wrong? But no, here, China imposes trade sanctions on Taiwan over Pelosi visit, but leaves out one critical item. Guess what the item is they left out of the uh, sanctions list? You got to give, give, give me a guess. Any guess? I'll, I'll China, let me read that again. China imposes trade sanctions Oh, is that about? I don't know. Is that? I don't know. <laughs> Semiconductors. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> they don't want to test that because it says uh, Taiwan shipped 104 billion worth of chips to. Uh, oh yeah, Taiwan and China. Yeah, they're important in terms of the semiconductor. Right. So you know, so it's partial sanctions. Like the U.S., we sanctioned Russia, but we didn't want to do touch the energy when it came come came to energy coming our way. So we everything but energy. So. It's just more, oh man, it's for more crap. Anyway, it's got a couple of uh, super chats there yeah. if you want to read them. Uh, Chris, appreciate you, man. It says, will the UK economy implode before the US economy? If it does, what will be the implications of the US economy? Thanks. Uh, that's a great question. I believe it will. I believe it will. And I, that goes back to my thought about that, that inflation map. You know, the inflation map won't go, it's going to grow hot all around us. And the US will probably be the last country. And Prior to get prior to getting to that point, I think there will be some some event or some complete announcement of some kind in the form of that alternative that the world's waiting on. So I don't know if it'll get to that point, but that's just my thoughts on it. But yeah, I think so. What do you think, Mar? I agree with you uh, because, like you said, the U.S. is at the center, and uh, the periphery will fall first. So yeah, the U.K. is in the periphery. Yeah, and they then they were once a world superpower as well. 100 plus for well, 120 some years ago. Uh, but things change. Miles Miles says, Do you believe uh, the prince increases our self fulfilling prophecy? I keep Hearthstone argument. He Hearthstone argument. I believe the prince increases. Oh, I'm, Prince. 
price increases. Oh my goodness. Do you believe the price increases are a self-fulfilling prophecy? Um uh yeah, partially, but then again, I'm also hearing me on my side, I'm also hearing more about um the 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 prices decreasing in certain things due to a log a, a backlog of inventory. So a lot of people over here, there's major sales going on right now because there's more than a product that was ordered after the whole shutdown stuff. So yeah, what you're referring yeah. to. The thing is, the Austrian uh, school, you know, von Mises, he sees the price increases and the runaway inflation is when people, the general public, not us here, mm-hmm. because we've been following, uh, looking at this for years. When they realize that uh, they will, the government and the central bank won't the, won't be able to ever stop inflating the mm-hmm. the and by inflating I mean creating more debt and and credit. They they will realize that the currency they're holding is, you know, becoming worth less and less, and they're yeah. going to try to get rid of it as much as possible. Yeah, so it is self fulfilling, but it, it doesn't happen, you know, in a vacuum. It help happens for a reason because they l- lose faith in the management of the currency. But von Mises also says that even during a, a, an inflation, there are products and commodities that go can go down in price. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, this year it's been uh, financial assets that have gone down in price, mm-hmm. but uh, it doesn't mean to say that the currency isn't collapsing. And uh, so to to answer his question, yes, it will become self-fulfilling, but not in a vacuum. Yeah, good point. Uh, here's another question here. This is uh, S400 says, if you think Biden is the last president before this big transition, will there be a Congress? And if not, what takes his place in your opinion? Uh, great question. So this, I think this play, plays into my little thesis that at this current moment, due to uh, where we're at um, in this current monetary paradigm, that the Federal Reserve note and this current administration will be the last of its kind before some type of complete shakeout or shifting of our government takes place. So what could come about, I you know, is no way of telling, but I think it all depends on the people, because if we the people, meaning all 300 plus million of us in this country here, wake up and realize uh, what's what what we have been subjected to over the last 100 plus years under the Federal Reserve model, I think people will demand change and we can probably take back our government in some capacity. How it would play out, I don't know. But I think there if people wake up in time, there's there's hope to be able to um, you know put some people in positions of power, create more transparency and try to get back to some type of sound monetary practices as well as holding our, our, our government's expenditures in check. So it is possible. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't even begin to know, but yeah, I like to be hopeful in that regard there. But if we don't wake up, then they'll take over more and expand and they'll literally enslave us even more, I think. So. Or you could, could uh, you could see a total collapse of the federal government and mm-hmm. you could go back to uh, a pre uh, 1787 United States of America, more mm-hmm. to like a, a confederacy of states yeah. with a very uh, a very small uh, central government or no central government. I think that would be a good thing for uh, each state to be sovereign. Mm-hmm. Uh, as for the Federal Reserve, uh, yeah, I, I don't see any reform or going back to sound money. The only thing that would solve that would be to abolish or end the Fed. Mm-hmm. Those, those people out there who think... Uh, the Fed has uh, become reckless because of bad management. Uh, no, I, I think it's always been the plan. 
to basically yeah. uh, basically steal America. That's what uh, Charles Lindbergh Sr. warned against. He was a congressman from Minnesota in 1913 and he said it would be the greatest uh, financial crime in history to allow uh, the money trust he called it to create mm -hmm. that central bank yeah and uh, over 100 years later you know um, yeah right. he, he, <laughs> that's, he where right. we're at. that's oh, where, where we're at here's another it says mike mario what do you guys think about must saying recession will be slight i.e a soft landing and so I wasn't familiar with that. So I did pull up a little headline that came out a couple hours ago. But it's a Wall Street says Elon Musk predicts a mild recession for 18 months, says inflation has peaked. And so I'm not quite sure how they get these dates and time frames, but uh, I assume he has a reason for saying that. I'm not sure what he sees on his end, but he is, you know, the wealthiest and Federal Reserve notes term uh, public figure anyway. So uh, what do you think of this? Like, how do you think these people come up with these figures, man? Well, he's wealthy, but he's done it through uh, business. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't think he, well, I think he's wrong. I don't think inflation. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think the recession will be mild. So I, I, I think he, he's maybe trying to help the Fed. Right. I don't doubt because he, he's got more support from the U.S. government, all the contracts and all the space stuff. Yeah, I mean, uh, Tesla uh, almost went out of business after the 08 crisis. Yeah, but somehow it happened to made it through with some government help, and he's mm. now number one. Yeah. Now he's helping the government right, with exactly. this kind of talk. Exactly. All right, let's uh, get some more questions out here. So let's answer some questions. Feel free to throw out thoughts, ideas, suggestions, and, uh, and it will also give our thoughts on what we expect for the rest of this month uh, based upon what's uh, projected and things of that nature. Uh, let me know if you see any questions out there. Yeah. Uh, let me see here. Highlight at rethinking dollars stands out better. Uh, it says, here's one. Uh, what do you think about the talk of Bank of England being uh, put back under government control? And would it be better if it was? Well, I think the best thing would be to also abolish the Bank of England, but that's probably not going to happen. Mm -hmm. But uh, if you go back to prior to 1997, when mm -hmm. the Bank of England was not independent, uh, things weren't that, <laughs> at least uh, interest rates were more normal. Mm -hmm. I mean, back in the early 90s, we had double digit interest rates here. Mm -hmm. And yes, we had a recession, but it was needed, you know, booms and busts. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't see a problem <laughs> with that, actually, because what this central bank independence bank of england independence has done is made everyone complacent about inflation because they think the bank of england has done a great job and they haven't mm -hmm. you know they've fudged the numbers in the last few months yeah uh, they've gone back because last year if you look at uh, the 1997 to 2020 which is the period since when they became independent uh cpi was running at uh, 2.7%. Their target was two. So mm -hmm. they're running almost 1% more. But now they've changed those numbers and it's only saying 1.9 because they're trying to, uh, I don't know what they're trying to do because, because it's a government number. So, uh, and, and I don't really think the Bank of England is that independent because mm -hmm. when we had uh, COVID and even uh, the referendum in 2016, uh, when the currency was under pressure and, and the debt market was under pressure, the Bank of England came out and started doing QE. Mm -hmm. 
and that only helps the government because they buy government debt. Uh, yeah. You know, so I'm sorry, uh, they're not independent, right? Anyway. Yeah, and I, I, the fact that they've tried to sell that because as of this current moment, more people have woken up to the fact that they're all interconnected. They're working hand in hand, and uh, it's becoming a problem, and that's what we're experiencing. Uh, it says, Mike and Mario, would it be smart to be more aggressive to eliminate debt? I'm diversified, have some cash, weight stashed away. I'm prepared, I'm prepped food and grow as much as I can. Yeah, that's uh, sounds like you're on the right pathway. The least debt, the least debt, the least you owe somebody else, the better. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's better to be a creditor than a debtor any day. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> what do you say? Here in the UK, a, a lot of people in the last few years have taken uh, big uh, interest-only mortgages. Rates were really low. And the uh, the mantra was that interest rates are not never going to rise that much, you know, because they've been like under zero for 12, 13 years. Yeah. But now it's quickly going up. And and I'm, I bet there will be a lot of people who are sorry they t- took on such uh, big mortgages. Yeah. Um, I guess when, when I was younger, when I got married and we bought our, our, our first family home, I did take a mortgage. I did have a pretty good job. Um, but if you can pay off that, I think is the best thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that that gets um, written off during inflation and even hyperinflation. But when you are in the in, in the beginning of the inflation, uh, you know, uh, and your costs start going up, mm-hmm. and your mortgage payments start going up, then you know you could you could lose that your your house yeah. or anything else. We're seeing now that uh, in the U.S., a lot of car loans are being defaulted upon. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's over a trillion in car loans. It's almost become like uh, the new subprime. Yeah, and um, yeah, um, try to. Uh, Avoid yeah. that. Eliminate as much as you can. That would be the goal. Here's one from Matthew it says, do you think that they they are waiting for a reason to go back to quantitative easing like a market crash caused by the Taiwan invasion? Uh, yeah, I mean, amongst, amongst the military situation, it would just be, it's, it's, at some point, we're going to have a, 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 wor- a world excursion some type of world war it just seems like it's inevitable because china and russia are partnering on what they're trying to execute in the west i don't see them sitting around and just saying okay yeah you guys can you know run the next monetary system without us having any hiccups so there's going to be a major clash of some kind and therefore that right there they need funds to do that so that's when i can see them cutting on the printing press and all nations and saying we got to fund this and yeah uh how it plays out who knows but yeah, I, that's qe is seem as inevitable but then again it's a matter of what at what time will it will it start again Officially, well, and even the Fed's balance sheet—they're supposed to be a QT now, and uh, it has hardly gone down. Right, uh, they, they're supposed to have started doing it in June, and here we are in August, and it's it's barely budged. Uh, yeah. The uh, other thing as well, like you you're talking about a major war, and, and it is possible because I think Russia just came out and said that um, if there's a conflict in uh, Taiwan. Mm-hmm. They will help out the Chinese, oh. so they're they they're, they're aligning each other with each other, China and Russia. Yeah. Okay, I didn't see that one. Let me look up. Let me look up. That well, one. I think I I was listening to uh, maybe uh, the Duran, and they were talking about that. 
Yeah. So yeah, we we know that uh, yeah, not, they have plans for something. And China didn't out. really China didn't really conde- condemn Russia's uh, special operation in yeah. Ukraine. Ah, what else we got here? Uh, be trust replacements. Uh, let me see. Any other questions here? Uh, it will be possible for corporations. Uh, will it be possible for corporations to generate wealth in America when most seems to be towards taxing hundreds of million, millionaires or more out of the existence? Who pays their taxes? Uh, uh, I don't understand that. Will it be possible for corporations to generate wealth in America? Um, ooh, I don't know. Uh, that moves to be. Yeah, I, I think uh, corporations, they've done very well from, from yeah. globalization in the last uh, 30, 40 years. Uh, I think the sector that's getting hurt that creates uh, real organic jobs are like the small businesses, mm-hmm. mom and pop businesses. Yeah. They're, they're the ones under pressure. Right. I mean, actually, speaking of which, you, you sent that uh, that visual aid showing how much pressure they're under. Let me. Yeah. Up here. Yeah, so that's is, the one. Damn, what's going on? So this chart here shows where we're at now with the when it comes to small business. And yeah, <laughs> so. and, and, and I think a lot of this uh, job creation we're seeing now, surprising job creation, is probably people who are retired or are hard up. You know, mm-hmm. they're what whatever they're earning through their pensions is not enough, so they're going to work for a big corporation doing like a few hours a week and uh, yeah. just to get something. And and that shows to me the fact that small businesses are in, you know, uh, are not in in great shape. It, right. It's a bad sign for the economy, I would say, because right. when you start a small business and you employ people, you care about the the people that you employ. They're not just a number that you can get rid of, like a big corporation. Right, and I also factor in the next style of the global governance structure that's being set up based upon what the World Economic Forum has put out there about this reset that they're all working towards is that public-private partnerships where, you know, the companies that have signed up or jumped on board with the government's agenda as well, they're all going to figure out how to profit off this transition using technology in some capacity. So there'll still be revenue to be made by those big tech companies, but there's going to be a a much smaller uh, group of companies participating and it's going to be the pharmaceuticals and, you know, Wall Street's and banks, all they still going to be, you know, in, in, involved. But s- small businesses are meant to be completely annihilated. So, uh, yeah, not not pleasant. Uh, here's one from Matthew. Says, Do you think that climate change is used as a ruse to launder billions of dollars? Um, yeah. Yeah, I do. I agree. I think so. hundred percent. Well, I think the biggest purpose of the. I mean, the climate changes has <laughs> been changing uh, ever since there's been a planet. Planet, right? <laughs> but uh, what they're telling us is that we—it's anthrop—is uh, it anthropogenic, which means that it's created by humans. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, I, I think that's just a cover to because if you create this crisis of climate change that it's produced by humans and human activity yeah, uh, yeah. it gives you an excuse to create global governance so it, it, and the bankers are really behind this climate change agenda you can google uh Lionel de Rothschild and Maurice Strong you know they used to they were the ones who set up uh, unset U- united nations climate uh, it's UNCED 
mm-hmm. they set up the first uh, climate change uh, COP, you know, climate conference in Rio, yeah. uh, Brazil, nineteen ninety two. Yeah. So yeah, there probably is some money laundering going through there. But I and I also think I, I saw a little video somewhere that a, a lot of this climate change agenda is mm-hmm. hurting is hurting uh, emerging market countries because a lot of these countries they want to industrialize countries yeah. in Africa so that they can get wealthier and you know be healthier. But w- with all this climate change agenda, it's like. Uh, not allowing them to develop like the West has developed over the last 200 years. And I think it's a great crime, uh, even though a lot of people think I'd be a climate change denier. But uh, in the Middle Ages from 14, I think it was from 14, in the Middle Ages, supposedly it was really warm in Mm -hmm. Europe. And then uh, towards, I think the 1600s, to like 1800, we had a little ice age. The River Thames here in London used to freeze every winter. Mm. And now we're in a period a bit like in the Middle Ages where it's warming up. So the climate changes uh, naturally, I would say. Uh, right. and, but that doesn't mean I don't think uh, people should, you know, treat the planet with respect, you know, right. not pollute. Right. And, I mean, and the only planet we got to live on for now. So, but that's why there's, there's a race to get to other planets just because we, it's, it's unsustainable here. And I hate people talk about, you know, the population is too big. We got to limit the population and all that crap. So, uh, let's touch on metals before we wind down, man. I, I couldn't help myself. Earlier, I saw this. Uh, once those figures came out, we saw a media smackdown from what looks like $20. Down to that down in 1954 or something like that. My, one of my favorite coins, <laughs> 64 half dollar. There you yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so the they're met, not done. Metals, yeah, metals have had. I mean, gold has had a pretty good week. We we got up to almost 1800 yesterday and today. Yeah, and then we had these really strong uh, jobs data, and they slammed the uh, gold down to 1465. We're now at seventeen seventy-five, which is still uh, almost a hundred dollars uh, higher than we were a few weeks ago mm-hmm. when we got to around sixteen eighty. Yeah, uh, silver was slammed down to nineteen fifty-three. Mm-hmm. We're now back to nineteen ninety. So I, I think this is temporary, and yeah. I think uh, we should worry more. And we've spoken about this, Mike, more about how much weight you have and how much. Uh, that uh, gold and silver will be able to uh, be bartered for for real things in the future. Uh, we should be less and less worried about its value in fiat currency. Right, right. Because it's definitely going to be pricing something other than USD uh, in the future. You know, so in my opinion, before the end of this decade, we'll be pricing things in a completely different uh, measurement of some kind. I don't tell them how, what, who's going to set it, but. Of course, we'll still be spending some form of a dollar here in America, just like you'll be spending some form of a pound. Who knows? Maybe, maybe not even. Maybe we'll really? uh, be quoting things in grams of silver or ounces. You know, silver will be used as the right. currency, right. and gold gold will be used as um, money. You know, for savings. Yeah, which is possible. And then, of course, we, I'm sure we got people out there who says uh, we're going to be quoting things in satoshis. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Why, well, uh, hopefully there's options. I wouldn't mind having five or six different options rather than just. I, I don't care if people want to deal in satoshis; they can. 
Right. I'll, I'll accept it. I'll ex- I accept Satoshi, so I don't mind. <laughs> but the thing oh, is, uh, it, it's really expensive to transfer to Satoshi's. Yeah, but yeah, but then it got the Lightning Network now, so they're 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 trying yeah. to make yeah. it more user friendly. But, but the thing is, you and I are pretty good at you know using the internet and stuff. Yeah. But can you imagine someone a little older, you know, always having to try to all, all the steps you have to go through to to deal uh, in cryptocurrencies it's really sometimes it's too much yeah it and is. you have to keep updating things and you have to yeah i don't know but um there are a lot of green activity right now though <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man it's never ending but all right, this uh about 40 minutes get ready to draw down man as always uh appreciate everybody for hanging out with us and Vinny, 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 sorry. Go ahead. Vinny Grant says Bitcoin is going to take over. <laughs> I mean, okay. So if you if you got some Bitcoin, you'll do fine there. But if you don't, then yep. you know you miss out. But in the meantime, I, I think one thing we're we're going to learn is it's it's important to have a an assortment of things that you use now and things that you think will be of value down in the future because everybody's you know game plan might be different, but you know, have your foundation built on some form of weight. And of course, you need yeah. you know calories. You need water. You need everything else on top of that. So uh, we're interesting, entering, entering into very interesting times, to say the least. But um, don't forget copper and nickel. <laughs> yeah, those are definitely mediums of exchange as well. It just takes a lot more to exchange something. Vinny Grant, man, appreciate you. It says I just seen the movie Super Pet. It was a, about <laughs> a guinea pig, which I would. Uh, Sublimely uh, symbolize a dollar and a dog played by the rock who saved the world from a guinea pig who was destroying the world and the dog crypto saved the world <laughs> and the dog crypto saved the world. Okay. <laughs> What's the dog called crypto? Uh, I don't know. I think it's just all he just this symbolism. That's what he took away from the movie. So I, I saw actually, uh, I went out with my wife when was it yesterday or something and uh-huh. I saw the advertisement for that uh, movie on a, on a bus. Super pet. Super pet. <laughs> and, uh, I, have it I mean, I, I used to like uh, when my daughter was younger, taking her to to watch these kinds of uh, movies. But I haven't been to those anymore. All right, because I'm trying to figure. Out, I don't. I haven't seen the movies. So, super pets. Let me find out what it is. So, is this? <laughs> is this it here? Is so, it who's the, who's the, who's the dollar then? Is uh, the guinea pig? Or... <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Uh yeah, my boys are not. I, I, I like that. Man. I like the super dog there. He looks funny. <laughs> oh man! All right, well let's get it dialed down, man. Um, as always, it's good to connect, and uh, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, the dog's name is Crypto. He said, "Dog is Crypto." The dog name is Crypto. So it, in his picture, it's two dogs though. Which dog is it? the big dog? Vin, well, Vinny, what uh, what dog is Crypto? Is it the left or the right? I'm assuming the left. No the le- yeah, the guinea pig, super pet. But uh, he's got a gold, uh, a gold uh, necklace there. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't look like crypto to, to me. Move, but that's where it's going from. All right, man. All right, well, <laughs> super pet. Well, everybody, enjoy your weekend. Uh, get out and get some sun. Have some fun, and uh, definitely, uh, you know, stay prayed up. Get your weight up and everything in between. You know how we do it. Uh, any last thoughts, Mario? Did you want to leave us with? Uh, yeah, just try to uh, avoid all the noise and uh, mm-hmm. all these 
you know, China, Taiwan, uh, the uh, UK uh, conservative party leadership. Just focus on yourself, your family, your your friends, and the community. Community, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, uh, tighten your belts. I would say as well, because mm-hmm. I, I think uh, the inflation is going to continue. Unlike uh, Mr. Musk. Yeah, yeah, things will become a little bit more challenging. So definitely, it's going to be. A, it's a great learning opportunity for people to really begin brushing up on skills that they have not used in a long time just because of whatever else, as well as learning new skills. Like this is a great time to deploy yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Other people. So yeah, lots of opportunity through the internet. It's going to be more entrepreneurs. Yeah, don't don't try to up. let it get it, get you down. I mean, I, I follow these guys on YouTube. They're golfers. Mm-hmm. They're only in their early twenties. They're from the States mm-hmm. and I've been following them for three, four years and they used to do trick shots before now they're huge. You know, they're getting invited to play all over the world yeah. and they're making a very good living from it. So there is opportunity everywhere, but you need to be aware of what's going on as well, I think. Yeah. Somebody says start saving up for winter bills. And so, yeah, like mm. uh, it's going to be a little yeah. pricey. Alternative, alternative sources, you know, get your wood burning stove and you know, might have to get some, chop some wood down and. So yeah, I'm trying to figure out all types of things on my side because I don't want to know I don't want them high bills either. But all right, everybody. Well, be blessed, be safe, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Enjoy yourself. Stay safe. Peace. <laughs>